And here we are again with yet another episode of Curiously Polar, the podcast about all things very north and very south. Um, we're still in the north, especially in the northwest. And um, with me to talk about the Northwest Passage is Henry. Good morning to you. A wonderful good morning. How is your morning? My morning is wonderful. Yeah, it's a wonderful <laughs> it's a wonderful day here. Um the weather is nice and I'm in in a mood to talk about the cold because it's really hot here. I think we I think that today is going to be 30 Celsius again when we record this. So it's a uh, uh, in the in the in the 90s um for the American yep. listeners. We have also very, very hot uh, temperatures in Iceland. It's um, and you're in Iceland. I'm in Germany. Just twelve to, just degrees to centigrade. Yeah, exactly. So what? How many? Twelve degrees centigrade. That's uh, pretty hot. I'm <clears throat> sitting here in shorts and shirt, and <laughs> I have. It's called I had Iceland an Indian for group. Reason, right? just, just currently, I just traveled with an Indian group around Iceland, and uh, I have plenty of pictures of the group. Um, standing in those big Arctic parkers looks like they uh, want to expedite the North Pole. And we have a group picture of me in shorts, shirts, and flip flops, and they in those big parkers. You don't see the face because they have <laughs> put the scarves around the nose and everything. So hilarious. The, 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 it's just an interesting topic, not the topic of today, but, um, but still interesting. Uh, the, the very subjective. Um, way people deal with temperature and you I've traveled with you so I know that you don't care about the cold um, <laughs> but I think the upbringing uh, also has a big part in that I remember going uh, to Ireland years ago and we did like uh, a lot of um, private accommodations uh, in different places and there's much less heating there than in where I come from so I was cold pretty often but the Irish 15 degrees outside and they went to swim in the sea while, while I was still having a, a sweater on. So, uh, yeah, it's a very subjective thing. Even though I'm not a freezer, I'm not a freezer, but still that was, that was enough for me. Um, so <clears throat> the topic of today is the Northwest Passage. Exactly, which is an amazing topic. Let's define the Northwest Passage. For first-time listeners who are just interested in the Arctic, what is the Northwest Passage? The Northwest Passage is uh, it's, it's not a single strait. It's um, actually uh, a route through the Arctic. It uh, connects the um, Baffin Sea and the uh, Beaufort Sea, or Baffin Bay and Beaufort Sea. Um, it's it's going through a lot of islands in the Canadian Arctic archipelago, and um, it is supposed to be a very um, good commercial seaway because it would just um, cut short those um, commercial container routes or shipping routes um, tremendously. So Northwest Passage is has been discovered mainly or has been searched and, and discovered mainly because of uh, of it be being a good way to trade and have ships with goods go back and forth. Exactly. So the um, discovery goes back. I mean, um, pretty much everybody knows the big name on uh, John Franklin, who got lost in in there, um, who basically died on exploring the um, Northwest Passage in 1847. He was seeking for an ice-free passage, and um, the first 
um, successful crossing uh, only took place in 1906, which is um, not that long ago, actually. It was a Norwegian um, explorer, Roald Amundsen. And um, after that, it has only been um, 290, roughly 300 transits uh, through the Northwest Passage. And given the um, increase of recent years where you have 30 to 40 um, transits each year, you can just see how few people actually have um, crossed the Northwest Passage on uh, on ships. Okay, so so it's not it's not an everyday event, pretty much. No, definitely not. Because because why? Because it's dangerous. Uh, because you still have um, a lot of sea ice there, and uh, you easily get locked in. Oh, so so you need special ships that can handle that, so you don't get lost up there. And even special ships can get trapped in because the ice condition can change very quickly. And depending on uh, where the wind comes from, um, it doesn't really matter if it's just a rather thin sea ice or rather thick one. So if uh, the wind is piling it up, it just traps in the ship. Is it is it um, more of a trade route or is it more of a exploration route or for adventurers? What What is the main well, it, reason? It was an explorational route. Uh, definitely for adventurers and it is today uh, mainly used by um, expedition cruise ships so it's okay. a lot of of people uh, of tourists going there and seeing those amazing uh, landscapes but uh, the idea behind that initially was to um, explore um, an economic commercially usable route for trade but yeah. it, it that hasn't really materialized because it's too dangerous and to, to, to use it well, when um, Amundsen just uh, completed his uh, first crossing, uh, he was just celebrated of finding the, a route which could have been used. But then he just clarified, um, just because we managed does not mean that a commercial ship would manage because A, of the um, ice conditions, and B, because the route they chose, um, it took them two winters. They were two winters frozen in and... Um, the route they chose was so shallow that commercial ships would not be able to cross there. Um, I'm just looking at a map. Um, we have a link in the show notes to that. And it, it, it doesn't look like an easy thing to cross because it's very curvy and <clears throat> has to be close to a lot of different islands and areas. Um, so it, it doesn't look easy. Now, just to give you an idea, we are talking about 36,000 islands in the Canadian Ouch. Arctic archipelago. So it's a huge amount to navigate through. There are several routes um, which are um, established as kind of a, of a route through there. So it's not that we are talking about one fixed route and you just follow the track. It's... Um, it's always depending on the sea ice conditions, always uh, um, depending on where do you find open water, where to go, and where do you have um, auto harbors uh, to land at. Because the, the, the main idea of the, um, of the Northwest Passage uh, lately is to supply those very remote Canadian settlements up there, um, of course, uh, by ship. And uh, then you definitely have a... Um, intention to go into a certain harbor and uh, you are not as free to navigate through the whole archipelago as you would be so, for just a general crossing. And just again to give everyone uh, an idea of the dimension, we're talking about about 30 <coughs> transits a year so yeah. it's not a lot 
All right. So no, the, 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 the largest the largest chip ever went through there is uh, has been the um, the Crystal Serenity cruise ship. It has a, a tonnage of sixty nine thousand uh, gross tons, and that was a thousand five hundred passengers. Uh, it took them almost a month to go through that Northwest Passage. Just to give you an idea how rare that still is, this is nothing that happens every day. Uh, this is I was in two thousand sixteen. It was uh, the largest largest uh, ship so far. Hmm. Okay. So the title of the episode is "Who Owns the Northwest Passage? Why is that? Is there a dispute? Does it? Is it?" Um, There's a long, long going dispute about that, and uh, that's mainly because for uh, two countries um, involved, and that's the United States of America and um, Canada. And the reason for that is that we have with um, the uh, US American Arctic territories, which is Alaska, and, um, and the, the, the settlements, especially in the north of Alaska, we have uh, a huge interest from uh, the US Americans to use that uh, Northwest Passage. Since it's going through Canadian territory, uh, Canada um, is on the on the position that this belongs to Canada uh, to, to Canada I mean, uh, territory. How, how can you own a passage anyway? Is it? I, I don't really get it because it's it it looks like yes, part of it is in front of Alaska, right along Alaska, and then the bigger part of it is along Canada's shores, um, but. Can you own a passage, and what does ownership actually mean? What does exactly? What does that mean? That's a first uh, and foremost question. So, um, when you look at the map, you see that the that the Canadian Arctic Archipelago is very split into a lot of small islands. Yes, and all those islands are undisputedly part of um, of Canada of, of Canadian territory. And by that, of course, the waterways between those islands are considered by Canada as part of the Canadian territory, like rivers would be or mm -hmm. just like um sea straits would be in other places of the world um the I united states that part, yes the united states however um claim that um this those straits those seaways are international straits which basically means that you don't have to seek permission of the country for the passing rights so they so, don't want to ask Canada for permission to commercially or militarily um, pass those uh, this not the Northwest Passage. So I I remember uh, in the last episode where we talked about the whiskey war, which by the way, if you haven't listened to that, everyone go and listen to that. It was lots of fun. <laughs> um, that that there is this twelve mile zone that you have uh, around a country where you would consider that still belonging to the country. And uh, so the question is: Are these passageways wider than twelve miles? And yes and no. You, but there in are parts some... I would expect them to be, and in parts I would expect them to be not. But then again, that's this is this is areas that, as you said, like rivers, they are enclosed on both sides by Canadian land. Exactly, and that's the 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 point of of the Canadian government. To and that's not the case with the Alaskan that. part of the Northwest Passage, which doesn't have islands on the other side, at least not big well, ones. Technically, the Northwest Passage um, ends when you leave the um, Canadian Arctic Archipelago, when mm, you leave okay. the islands. So that's uh, basically the Northwest Passage. Um, why does America? Um, has the standpoint of uh, that being international straight. Well, they actually claim 
um, uh, the base their claim on other disputes like the Corfu Channel separating um, Albania uh, from from Greek, from from the Greek island of Corfu. Um, in 1947, the International Court of Justice has ruled that um, Albania, Albania can't claim that as a territorial water because it was an international route for ships between two parts of the high sea, and by that um, makes it also an international water. We have similar disputes um, about the Strait of Hormuz between uh, Iran and Oman, which quite currently is um, very... Um, uh, a, a very current topic, um, especially when you see the uh, conflicts with the Iran. Um, then you have the Bab al-Mandab Strait between Yemen and uh, Djibouti, and also part of the South China Sea. So there are some ongoing disputes with a similar background, and the United States say until those um, those uh, cases are not settled, we don't accept um, the Northwest Passage being Canadian territory, because especially with um, a warming Arctic, that we uh, have more chances and opportunities to have an ice-free passage up there. This becomes a major trade route. And if it becomes a major trade route, then the status of that Northwest Passage might change. And if it changes, or if it becomes an international strait, then, of course, the United States have made the case um, not asking for permission. So you don't have to... Um, yeah, to, to, to just go through Canadian authorities and um, yeah, submit your 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 sea route or your your plans for for crossing that strait. Okay. So when you when you go back in history, for example, um, the claim of the passage has been since 1880 part of a Canadian um, territory, but it has never settled in court so there this dispute is ongoing and it has never been brought up to court and settled there so what does that mean what what how, uh, that how means does that, that influ influence the current dealings when you go through the northwest passage well um the united states and canada have um come to to an um yeah a rather legal fix, which basically mm -hmm. means that they have the so-called Canadian-U.S.-Arctic Cooperation Agreement. Um, th there they state that America would seek um, the consent of uh, Canada for, for any transit, for any kind of transit. Um, but this does not mean that uh, the United States agree with uh, the position of Canada. So that actually um, just keeps the, the dispute on hold. But... Um, gives um, like a code of conduct in that area, to say so. And uh, when you just follow the um, position of the United States, especially when it comes to um, the statement of uh, Mike Pompeo at the um, Arctic Council, uh, the meeting in Rovaniemi um, earlier this year, then you see it is a an urgent topic right now. So when the Arctic is opening up, more shipping will be happening there and America will no longer be happy with that deal. That basically means I need to ask for permission or consent to um, pass that straight. And uh, they want to be independent, an uh, independent route, so they don't want to have ask for, for permission for uh, American cargo ships going through there and uh, also icebreakers, of course. 
Which in so, the future you will probably not need anymore, or not least to the extent that you used to need them. Yeah, but we're talking from a still not so close future. Yeah. And when we talk about ice-free Arctic, that might be a different episode on our podcast. Um, then we don't mean that the ice is completely gone. It just means it's uh, it's passable. But passable also refers to right. an icebreaker. Yeah, but easier easier passable, and then that becomes exactly, yes. that becomes more desirable thing to to a more desirable route to use in the future so politics are are in the way again oh my god definitely but you you have to see the economical background um of that so when you when you compare those sea routes and you can see that um a ship taking the northwest passage can manage that in 20 to 30 days so roughly a month when you see a similar um, route through the Panama Canal, um, which takes more than 40 days, then it's a significant uh, shortcut, which is uh, definitely a reason, a very valuable reason for the United States to make that claim. Even though, for my personal um, opinion, it, it's it's really a different thing when you when you see all those other claims that the United States put their bases on. Um, there are also always disputes between um, two countries lying quite close to each other on that certain road, on that certain strait, uh, strait. And that's not the case here. So we're actually crossing Canadian waters through Canadian islands. So it's a slightly different setup here. So I actually don't agree with the um, American claim, but as Canada doesn't, it does not really make uh, a difference for the moment. So they need to settle that for uh, in front of an international court to find a uh, final solution for that. Okay, so there's no solution in sight at this point, but uh, it is a hot topic right now. Well, scientists actually say that um, they speculate um, if the entire Arctic Ocean will be ice-free during summers uh, in just a few decades, uh, decades, that basically means that ship owners do not have to ask for anyone's permissions anymore because they can just cho- uh, choose to go around the Arctic archipelago, which still would extend the journey. So the, the, the shortest journey definitely would go through the Canadian waters. And of course, if you see how Canada puts effort into environmental protection, especially of the uh, high Arctic, then there will be definitely um, a dispute about that. So so Canada has an uh, interest of regulating the amount of ships going through there. There's a lot of um, small communities which um, sometimes are in favor for more shipping, sometimes aren't. But you have to respect the uh, environmental conditions around that. Uh, that makes it a little bit tricky. It's definitely in a, a growing topic. Well, and if you wait long enough, then you won't need the Northwest Passage anymore because you can just go straight through the North Pole, right? Exactly. That's what the uh, <laughs> that would be the shortest are actually way. speculating. Yeah, no, yeah, let's not hope for that. Okay. Um, wow, interesting. Northwest Passage is... Uh, yeah, I, I like this. So, well, I don't like what's happening, but I like the topic because I think it's a really interesting one. All right, so everyone listening to this, uh, you know how to get in touch. Um, you can Twitter to us. You could tweet to us. You can Twitter tweet to us on uh, on our account, Curiously Polar. I'd love to hear from you with either your opinions on what we are talking about here or any suggestions for new topics. Um, that was this. That was. I'm trying this one again. That was it for this week. 
it's early in the morning. It's my excuse. Um, that was it. That was it for this week. My name is Chris Marquardt, and with me, as usual, was Henry Paul Wolf. And we'll be back in a week from now with another interesting topic. Until then, take care.